0: I V M
1: The Inheritors podcast series by Bloomberg Quint.
0: Welcome to The Inheritors, a podcast series that talks of all aspects of family businesses. I am Sonu Bhaseen and today I'm in conversation with Varun Gupta, director Kent RO Systems. Varun is a second generation inheritor. And he talks to me today about how an illness in the family actually was the genesis of the business which is today almost a thousand crore business. He also talks to me about how the early learnings that he had when his dad made him work at the shop floor in an open office, how these learnings have stayed with him. So without much further ado, let's go right across to Varun Gupta in his office in Noida and talk to him about his business, his life and his journey. Hi Varun, welcome to the podcast series and it's a pleasure to have you here with us talking to mm-hmm. our listeners about you, your journey and yourself.
1: So welcome. Thank you Sonuji. the pleasure is mine.
0: <laughs> Great, super. So Varun, you know, it's often said that necessity is the mother of all inventions and it yes. couldn't be truer than for the business of Kent I believe I think, it was because of an illness that you and your sister had that this whole big business came about? Yeah, that, that, that's the reason that seeded did this uh, Kent Water Purifier business. Yes. So, when I was... Uh, I think I was in 10th standard. My sister
1: is two years older to me. She was in 12th standard. Uh, we both had jaundice uh, at that point in time. And... You know, uh, back in 99, I think it was, uh, we were drinking water that was coming out from the tap, the municipal water, and the doctors recommended that, you know, maybe it's time that we have a water purifier in our home. And uh, my dad, he's a technocrat, an engineer, he said, okay, why not, you know, let's get something which was available in the market at that point in time. And then we did fix it in our homes after the recommendation from the doctor. Uh, Soon after, he was uh, visiting Taiwan, I think, uh, wherein he came across Haru Technology, uh, which was, you know, kind of uh, uh, getting established in homes and offices. Uh, you know, it, it, it was always existent in the commercial space and in a, in industrial water treatment, but uh not implemented in a very big way in homes.
0: Yeah, if I, I remember mean, nineteen I mean the late nineties, the only yeah. purifiers used to be the Eureka Forbes uh, uh water purifiers
1: for oh, homes. Yes, yes. And At that point in time AquaGuard, which is their brand right. name, was synonymous with water purifiers. You know, people used to say Tumanegar Aqua Guard, you know, that was the kind of thing. Uh, the statements people used to make so mm-hmm. it became synonymous with the name water purifier
0: itself yeah and reverse osmosis was not something that most people had heard about and RO wasn't something that people in the homes had uh, heard about and your...
1: technology was non-existent in the homes in India it was there in industrial segment but
0: then, then also very few people knew about it yeah so how did your father decide that he had to uh, bring it into the homes
1: Well, I think, uh, since, as I said earlier, he's an engineer, he went to IIT, you know, so his engineering mind was always, you know, looking for better things. And then when he realized and understood that, you know, in India, the quality of water is getting bad day by day, and he realized that RO is a far more superior technology. Compared to what was available in the market at that point in time, he said oh, he thought maybe okay, oh, let's give, me, give it a shot. Let me get one unit for our home, try it out, and you know he, he loved it. In fact, the whole family loved it because what RO does is it removes what is dissolved in water, whereas the water purifiers which were available at that point in time were only. Disinfecting, they were only removing bacteria and virus from water. So when you remove dissolved impurities from water, it actually improves the taste of the water. And taste was something that we all loved in our homes. And then you know we he bought in a few more units. We gave gave it in that extended family. Everyone were amazed by the quality of water that was coming out. And then he saw great business opportunity. Of course, he did not have a very big setup at that point in time. He was doing a small business. Which was in the field of oil testing instruments. Uh, he had an idea how to run a business, but of course, that was more of a B two B business. This
0: is, he was planning to venture into B two C, and uh, you know because the product and the offering were. Amazing people accepted it and started adopting the technology. But if for, uh, for a pioneering uh, product in the Indian market, which I assume is at a cost that is higher than what was available, mm-hmm. what were the challenges that your dad faced at that time? And were you old enough to understand those challenges? Did he talk to you about the business? Were you involved in it in any way?
1: Uh, I would say that most of the talks were more of dinner table talks. Uh, and also for the fact that, you know, when we were staying, and you know, when he started the business, we were staying on the ground floor, and he was operating out of the first floor, which was his office, small office. So, you know, of course, there was a little bit of alignment in terms of what he was doing, but uh, he did not discuss the challenges faced uh, with me at that point in time, but of course, when I joined the business in 2005, I learned about the challenges uh, that he used to face when he launched the business, and then how he how he
0: you know fought through them, found his way out, and made Kent a very successful brand. Today. Yeah. So let's not jump straight to two thousand five. Okay. Let's just spend <laughs> a little more time in understanding what you did. Uh, were you interested in uh, uh, in in the business itself? And I'm told, uh-huh. and you know, you've 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 spoken to me earlier as well that you were a geek. You were a techie. And yes. that it, it was something that really excited you and that rather than watch Cartoon Network, you would prefer to tinker around right. with technology. Right. So uh-huh. do, do take us all through your growing up years? Uh, well, uh, like after 99, like after Ken started, or you want to be talk before? Yeah, whenever. I mean, what, from the time that you remember that there uh-huh. was a family business and that uh, your dad was doing something that was different uh, in the uh-huh. market.
1: Well, uh, since our office was always on the first floor of our house, so, you know, for me to go to the office just to, you know, talk to a few people, chill around, you know, because my mom also used to assist my dad. You know, every time when we used to come back from school after having a lunch, we just used to take a, uh, you know, sit for some time in the office, meet all the employees who were working there. uh, And, you know, kind of understood, of course, always had an idea, uh, of the products that my father was dealing in at that point in time and of course you know to a certain extent also learning what he was the new things he was planning to do at that point in time. Uh, The discussions were not very business-oriented Within The discussions were more like, you know, I'm thinking about launching this product in the market. Of course, he would not take our opinion because he thought we were naive at that point in time and did not have much idea of how business is run. But he kept us informed on what new things he was planning to launch in the market. And before the water purifier business, of course, you know, he tried a couple of things in his old business. And, you know, he used to talk about it uh, with the family. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, we were always aware about what he's looking into. And, you know, that point in time in late 90s, there was a huge telecom boom which happened in India. And, you know, he also wanted to get something, you know, into that line. And that was one of the reasons he was traveling to Taiwan. Uh, But apparently found something... Which uh, you know uh, the water purifier kind of uh, stuck to him the whole idea of a new technology. Uh, one of the biggest challenges I remember he faced at that point in time was uh, you know handling uh, you know switching or you know knowing more for, for, about a B two C business from a B two B business, uh, and the fact that at that point in time the the other pr- water purifiers which were available in the market were in the price range of 6 to 8000 whereas uh, ro technology being expensive and being a small time trader cum manufacturer uh, he was selling at a 20000 rupees that was almost 3x of uh, the price for a brand which was synonymous with water purifier in india So that was his biggest challenge at that point in time, how to convince customers to pay 3x the price with uh, no history in terms of uh, having a brand which has no history in uh, B2C market. Yeah, yeah. But I think he always focused on, you know, one thing which I've learned always from him, it's how you, you know, uh, uh, you propose your product to the consumers. A lot of people do that mistake of talking about the features, And, uh, you know, but what do I've learned from it, every time you want to sell something, you should always talk about the benefits because that's what consumers understand. They don't care about the features. They always care about how it will, you know, impact their lives, how it will make their lives better. So you always focus on that part, you know, talking only about the benefits of using an RO purifier. And, you know, slowly and slowly that idea started uh, coming in people's minds and they started understanding, okay, RO is different than UV, which was there in the market at that point in time. And, and also- you know, he kept kept hammering and you know he made very simple claims in his um advertisements only about the benefits never tried to give the technology care to the consumers because as consumers we are you know until we are aligned to a certain uh, feel we don't look, we don't want to hear about that technology we always want to hear about the
0: benefits yeah because consumers don't understand technology but they understand uh, what difference does the product or the service right. make in right. their lives so right. this was uh, late 90s and then you say that you joined the business in 2005 uh, yes so uh, i uh, did you work outside the business at any time
1: Uh, I did uh, one internship. So after, uh, like, you know, I was always a tech geek. I always wanted to be a computer engineer. And of course, I I eventually did that. So I did my engineering from Purdue University in the US. I went there after my 12th. And uh, I did get a chance to do an internship, uh, a geeky internship in a place called Fermi National Accelerator Lab. Uh, That was the biggest particle accelerator know, uh, at that point in time before CERN took that stop. The
0: one, and do you uh, do you uh, use yeah. any of that particle acceleration bit <laughs> in uh, purifying the water? No, no, nothing. I no, don't. you no, don't no, accelerate that's
1: all, any particles uh, no, to... No, no, no that's, all, that's all atomic physics and <laughs> uh, really uh, what scientists do. And, you know, that, that was beyond uh, my understanding. I was just helping them do a, a project which required some assistance of an intern well right. of course i I did, I did not do anything of the subatomic level physics after that. <laughs> right.
0: so then, what prompted you to come back and uh, join the family business?
1: Uh, well i there were two reasons to it. One, I always wanted to come back to the, to, back to the country. The reason being i I always appreciated my uh, you know the presence of the family around me. Second, uh, you know, India, things were opening up and India looked as a great opportunity to come back and do something good for the country. And of course, my dad played a very pivotal role in uh, convincing me to come back because he said that's what, that's where the opportunity is. Of course, you know, you can stay in the US, have a good lifestyle, have a better standards of living, but the opportunity that you will get in India uh, would be very amazing because India has been through a great, uh, you know, amazing growth curve. And if you are part of that uh, growth story, then you can do wonders for
0: yourself professionally and personally both. So did you, was it, was it overt pressure? Did you feel pressurized? Uh, Because you must have been a young or a late teenager or a man in early uh, twenties living the good life, I presume, in the US away from uh, family. Uh So did you, did you kind of feel pressurized when your dad said that you must come back?
1: I wouldn't say I was pressurized, but my idea was that I wanted to spend uh, maybe two, three years or four years in the U.S. before coming back to the India. That's the idea I had in my mind that time. Uh, and I, in fact, had a job opportunity also to work in the U.S. right after college. And when I told that, that thing to my, my dad, he was like, you're not absolutely not doing that. <laughs> like, you just pack your bags and come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you don't pack your bags and come back, we will come and pack your yeah, bags will, for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will just drag you out from the US back to India. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 I, so, I know it was, it was so quick. I remember the day we had a graduation ceremony, I took the flight uh, in the night. So, he was, I, he was like, you are not going to spend time enjoying over there. Enough is done, now come back and start. Uh, you know, doing some real work.
0: So no no graduation party for you, Varun. That's really so sad.
1: No, there, there was a party, but, you know, parties happen before, the uh, you know, the official ceremony, you know. After the exams are over, you know, you party for a few days and then, of course, graduation ceremony. After the ceremony, I just go back. Okay. I, in fact, also worked with him on in one of the summer breaks uh, in the business, and that was more on the factory line. He was like, you should understand. How products are made, and at least have some kind of understanding in how this business is being done. So I, I spent uh, two months uh, of my last year, the summer break in the last year in the in the factory understanding how the water purifiers are being built
0: right and then when you did come back in uh, mm. the mid 2000s and you did start working with your father what yes. were those uh, initial years like was it easy did you find it easy to slip back into uh, a role you know from where you'd left off as an intern in the business uh-huh. Uh, what were some of the challenges because you see there are millions of these young inheritors who come back into the business uh, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them go through challenges some of them don't uh-huh. so it would it would make a lot of uh, impact if you talk about your early years
1: well you know when you uh, get into a business for the first time you just want to do things everything your way right that's the normal Thought process that anyone has, you know. I also felt that you know, you know, I used to always
0: pick things. Okay, this is not done in the right way. That is not done in the right way. And you know, you need to fix this. And you should do it this way without having the experience of actually doing it. Right? It's easy, easy to point fingers. And did people and say? And did people say that you know, America uh, you know, he's come back with these newfangled ideas? He doesn't know what happens really. So, I think uh, to put that thing straight, my dad did a very wonderful job. He actually gave me a very low
1: position in the company. (laughs) I I did not have a room to myself. I just had a desk in the office. And he was like, you have to to learn everything from scratch. He was like, okay, you spent two months internship. That's okay. You had some leisure time. But now you, you, you have to get serious about it. You yeah. start from the factory to the assembly line. So, you know, I remember for the first two months, yeah. I was just standing at the assembly line figuring out how things are done and, you know, ensuring daily production targets are being met. Again, back in 2005, it was still a fairly small business. Uh, I think uh, we were sending, what, a thousand odd units in a month mm-hmm. or maybe less. five hundred. I don't remember the exact, I don't have the exact number in my mind. Mm-hmm. But it was fairly small. It was a small assembly line not even assembly line, it was more of an assembly station. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you need to understand, you know, at least start ensuring that you're getting the right assembly numbers if you're facing issues related to hiring uh, the people who will work on the assembly line, you will do the hiring, you will do the assessment. You know, so that was my initial six, seven months, purely from a technical point of view, understanding all those things. Then it later moved on. He was like, okay, now you understand what are the different, uh, components which are being used and how they are being put into manufacturing, you should start looking into procure- procurement of those components mm. and of course he he did not, you know, he put me under, I think that time it was a general manager purchase or something and he said like, you know, you're going to report to him I just need a weekly MIS from you you're not going to, you know uh you will come with this g m and you will give me a give a give me a monthly m i so what what you're doing on purchases? so I remember being you know traveling with my purchase executives on their motorcycles sitting behind them, going from one vendor to other vendor it was a, it was a very simple profile and but he ensured that I was more you know i knew about the groundwork before I started taking bigger responsibilities mm. and in the in the one one and a half years you know mostly it was back end operations then of course started looking into customer service after that. You know, I, I gained that experience of one one and a half years and then after that I told him, okay, Dad, you know, these are the few things we need to change in the business. So that we can increase our efficiency. Right. And then he started actually looking into my ideas. Before it was like you know I was talking about it. He would say yeah yeah it's okay it's okay. Put it on a piece of paper and give it to me. Writing you know that was a <laughs> right. that was the instructions <laughs> at right. that point in time. But I think after one and a half years he he understood that I've got the grip or it's not the grip I've like understood uh, many aspects and different ways the business is being run. And I think we we took a very big step at that point in time. I told him that, you know, we have to grow, we have to start selling in different regions. And, you know, it was an all-paper-based office. We had a simple tally software, which was managing our accounts. And it was all paper-based. Everyone was filling forms to put orders, uh, to, you know, invoices were also made by hand. Even purchase departments inventory management was happening on Excel sheets, so you know there was a lot of uh, chances of errors and there was a lot of duplication of work. And I told him that okay, you know let's let's take the big step and implement a standardized ERP in our company, which is like an enterprise level software on which, you know, your financials, your sales, your purchase, your warehousing, your stock transfer, everything runs on a single package. And I said, you know, I am being a computer nerd. I understand most of the stuff. So why don't you give me responsibility to implement this? And I think that was a big, uh, big uh, pivot in our whole growth story because, we successfully implemented that, and I kind of overlooked that project, and that gave me an idea into every, you know, department, every aspect of the business. Because if you have to bring the whole business on a single platform, on a single uh, software solution, you need to understand all the business processes. Right. And that that six month effort was an eye opener for me in terms of understanding how different things are done in a business, and I successfully implemented that, and you know that that whole exercise kind of. Help us uh, you know build a good foundation for the operations of our business and until that he still appreciates that fact that if you didn't do it, it would have never grown or you know we would have never sustained this growth right so that was that was where I think one of my uh,
0: big uh, achievements within the family business <laughs> right right so you earned the right to uh, give uh, uh, right. give suggestions to your father right. and the business right. but okay. let me uh, uh, take you back when you uh, were sitting behind somebody's mobile and you know going around uh, in the heat uh, uh, two questions one is did at any time this thought cross your mind Ki mein yahan pe kya kar Main mein no that never came across mind
1: because I think I was learning a lot and I was enjoying what I was learning okay. because you know it was not about that you know he's asked me to do this and you know I was not getting bored doing that yeah. I, every time I got exposed to a new business process I enjoyed learning it. sometimes you know things did not make sense to me initially I'll be very honest I did not understand a lot of accounting mm-hmm. uh, because I was had never taken any educational class related to it and you know that was all the new new for me whole accounting thing, things but you know that I kind of did not even focus that much in terms of learning about it uh, till the time I thought it was important to learn about the finance and accounting of business also. Yeah. So those that was the area kind I kind of ignored initially. But eventually, of course, you have to learn all the things to run the business.
0: Yeah, so that was my first question. And my second question was that it was okay for your dad to say, okay, sit in an open office and work with other people.
1: How oh, yes. did I the others? He how, he, was, he wanted me to do that. No. So <laughs> I in fact got a shared room, my yeah, own room, yeah. with a, which I was sharing with my GM purchase. Uh, three and a half years
0: after I joined the business, right. that I
1: was sitting in open desk somewhere in the office.
0: Right. How did the, <laughs> I, what? What I really want to understand is how did the others uh, deal with you? How did they react to you? Because you may be sitting with them in an open office, but at the end of the day, you're the boss's son. You're the owner's son. <laughs> I think so, did they have lunch they with were, you, or did you have lunch alone? What <laughs> did no, you? I used to once in a while have lunch with those guys also. Hmm. Those who, you know, I still have those people who still work with us. I I remember this gentleman by the name of Anurag, hmm. with whom I've traveled numerous times on his bike, sitting behind him as <laughs> a billion. So <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, he's still there, and of course, he has also grown in the organization. Uh, but you know, it, it, it was okay. I, you know, there were certain people. I'll be very honest. There, there were certain people who. kind of felt nepotism is not the right way in the organization and they always thought you know just because I'm the owner's son they don't have to take instructions from me and that came across quite a bit when our ERP was getting implemented because I had to understand the business process to implement it in the ERP and many times they were not uh, comfortable in you know Learning or you know you know hearing out from you maybe you know this this is a better way to do it you know let's try to change the process so that we can adapt to the ERP so there were there there were those I, I, sometimes I heard it on my face also A couple of times people were vocal about it right on my face that I don't have to report to you I report to your father and you have no right to you know ask me or tell me to do something uh, but you know given the fact that I what what help people to understand that uh, I'm earning my way out over uh, earning my way through the organization was because I spent time at low level a lot of people want to know about it right yeah. so it was never that challenging I remember even running service centers you know hiring entry level service technicians I used to take their interview I used to sit in the call center take certain you know phone calls and, you know, teach the agents, you know, this is how you're supposed to speak with the customers when they call. I used to spend some time sitting on the call center also. Mm-hmm. That was more from learning and telling them how things can be done in a good way. So, you know, I've always believed that if you spend time with everyone in the organization, people start, you know, finding, of course, you know, everyone has, both positives and negatives but until you spend time with them on the floor they will get to never get to know you personally so you know I spent a lot of time with all the people in the organization yeah. so I'm sure many people were not happy that I'm the owners and you
0: know calling the shots but many of them were also happy that I earned my way through it yeah, so that's that's very heartening to note. Uh, but now that, you know, you are uh, 14 years after that, when right. you look back at that time, uh, what uh-huh. are some of the learnings that you still carry with you from the uh-huh. time that you spend on the shop floor, in an open office, with people, uh-huh. sitting behind uh-huh. more bikes? What uh-huh. are some of the learnings that still stay with you? I think it's important to... Talk to your
1: people and understand their problems. Many times when I still, you know, I feel a lot of people make these mistakes, they don't want to get to the real issue. They just want to take decisions which they feel are right without taking or understanding from the people who are actually involved in making those decisions. So till date I I spend a lot of time on the floor. You know, I don't spend most of the time in my own office, my own room. I just walk around the office, talk to different people, what are the challenges they are facing out? How can we improve things? How can things be done more efficiently? You know, it's not always that I have the best idea, even you know, someone low in the hierarchy level may have a better idea than I have. So it's important to have you know to hear them out. And if you hear them out, you know. You hear different perspectives that help, that always helps you in taking a better decision. So I've always believed in interacting with the people who are there in the office, uh, irrespective of whatever level they are working at, which I think happened because I, worked, I I began at a very low level.
0: So people and the importance of people in any uh, business is a key learning that I understand yes. you took, took away from yes. that time. But, yes. you know, this people issue also becomes a bone of contention between a patriarch and an inheritor. I, mm-hmm. you know, a number of inheritors that I have spoken with uh, mm-hmm. talk about the fact that uh, the patriarchs see uh-huh. HR or external talent as a cost, whereas the inheritors see it as an investment. <laughs> Did you have a similar issue?
1: We, we still have that not the, it's not in the past we still have
0: that oh it's an ongoing issue <laughs> how do you deal always with it? it's an ongoing issue you know I've at times you know tried to have a more
1: employee friendly HR structure I don't know, couple of times in the last 10 years I've done an HR reorganization in the company and every time it pushed on to you know look to come why you worried know, so much about them we focus on the top line you know see how we can sell more People will come and go, you know, so he has a, my dad has a different outlook towards how to, you know, deal with people. I have a different outlook and we always run into this. Conversations that we are fighting with each other or if not fighting, arguing with each other on how things should be handled right. in terms of dealing
0: with people. Right. And is uh, this uh, something, you know, This the, the way that you look at HR or the way that uh, you look at people, uh, uh, if you think about it, would you say that it's come because of your education overseas? Is that uh, because of the fact that you worked in a company overseas and you saw... Um, you know, employees being treated differently. Why would you look at people differently than your father? Uh,
1: Well, uh, of course, some of it you can attribute because I do have an exposure of studying outside India and seeing processes, processes and systems outside India. You know, valuing the human capital is... You know, the value of human capital is very different in India and outside India especially there's a stark difference compared to the US and India uh, one, one of the reasons could be that second is I've always believed that you know today it's just two of us in the organization who are taking good decisions or even in fact all the major decisions uh, what if there were a team of 10 great people who were doing that of course the business will do much better Right? it cannot always be me and my dad taking all the good decisions in the company Whether there should be more responsible people in the organization who should have more powers to take good decisions because that's how the organization grows it cannot always be two people driving the business okay today we have reached
0: 2000 crores level you know but you know what license? You say we don't. We don't know, but we need to build a strong team that can grow the business in perpetuity. Right. And uh, whose decision was it? Was it your dad's or yours, or was it a joint decision to bring in these superstar brand ambassadors
1: for your business? I think that was his decision. I was still in college at that point in time. So, and if you uh, had to I mean, do
0: it differently, who would you choose? Uh, no, it's difficult to say right now because Hema Malini has worked out great for the brand. So, you know, I can't question his decision for bringing Hema Malini ji for this as a brand ambassador. Yeah. So, you know, today everyone kind of associates her to
1: our brand. And, you know, the great thing has been, you know, we are one of the very few brands who have had a long-term relationship with a brand ambassador. You know, she's been endorsing her brand for 14 years now. Yeah. I think uh, I may not have the right data, but I was speaking to a professor some time ago, uh, and they said, hey, you know, you're one of the four brands who have crossed a decade with a celebrity for endorsing the same product. So not many people stick around, for you know, not many brands. Stick yeah.
0: around for that long over time with a celebrity and a brand ambassador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, that's indeed uh, commendable. And uh-huh. I was when I did visit your office, I was speaking to the guard uh, who uh-huh. was bringing me up okay. the floors, <laughs> and he was so enthused about uh, uh-huh. your brand ambassador and brand uh-huh. ambassadors. And you know, uh-huh. there's another thing that he said which uh, has stuck with me. He said okay. we are allowed to take back water every day back home which i think uh-huh. is really good i mean he works for a water company he's allowed to take back water i worked uh-huh. for a bank for many years i was never allowed <laughs> to take back money
1: <laughs> uh, i wish all the banks would allow you to do that right so, uh, <laughs> the point is if you can't take care of your employees you know water is like the most you know, you know we have this saying that hmm. and you, you know we understand people who come from uh, marginalised backgrounds they don't have they they and their families do not have access to clean water and you know today that is something that we promote in and out and if we even can't help
0: people who you know contribute towards achieving that goal then what what could we be doing for the society yeah no so, uh, i think it's i think it, it it does speak about the ethos in the company uh, because uh, it may be a small thing for you, but I could make out from uh, the way that God was talking about the fact that He could take back water every day, not only for Himself but His family. I think it meant I, I a think great think most, deal to
1: them. Most of the people, yeah, at the entry level, do that. You know, in our factories, that's pretty much the standard. You know, and you, you know, everyone, you know, whatever x, x number of people work in the factories, you know, everyone carries a two-liter bottle with them. Yeah. So on the way back, they just fill it from the common. Yep. water points it's filtered water points that we have in our factory yep. you know, and that, what, that's what we realize that you know whenever even when we sell our water verifies to factories we tell those people that you have to size it accordingly because the number of employees they have you know two liters per employee will go back to their homes right. so size it accordingly because we witnessed that in our factory and
0: I'm sure Many of our customers would also be doing that. Yeah. No, I think it's it's actually a very credible story that's been built. And Mm. the fact that your product is about water and clean water, this is something that India as a country needs today. So, uh, you know, all the very best to you and your company. And it's really been a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for your time, Varun.
1: Thank you, Sonu. You know, it's great to share what you know. All the things that I faced when I joined as a second generation, and I believe I still think that you know many of second generation entrepreneurs face the common challenges, and I hope that you know my story can help them. You know learn something from it and so that they do not face all these challenges which i have
0: faced i'm sure that it will help them and i don't i don't know whether it will prevent them from uh, you know facing the same challenges but it will certainly equip them Even better no
1: perspective of how yes. other people have done it to yeah. handle it yes <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah.
0: thank you varun thank you again thank you
1: so much thank you the inheritors podcast series by bloomberg quint Hey, this is Shidla And I'm Amit Doshi. And we host Shunya One. It's a really fun podcast where we talk to some of the best entrepreneurs in the country.
0: Yes, talking about everything from their startup challenges to what they're building and all the future of technology right here.
1: So catch us on the IBM podcast website, app, or wherever you listen to your podcast from.